Welcome to A Walk in My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith. Hey, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us on the A Walk in My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their stories, conquer their fears so they can reach their goals. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Sharona Osborne. She's an actress, writer, costume designer, producer, and VP of Crossfield House Productions, a company comprised of 80% women that uses theatrical arts and film to bring dynamic stories to life. Sharona has co-written and produced her first feature-length film titled A Little White Lie and a theatrical piece called 94. She's a costume buyer for the IATSE Film Union, and Sharona serves as a mentor for the Ada Slight Youth Arts Mentorship Program in Toronto, where she assists young artists in defining their passions and mapping out their artistic careers. Sharona is also the host of her own podcast called Behind the Stage, where she shares her journey on navigating the entertainment industry. Please welcome to the show, Sharona. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Thank you for having me. No problem. It's about time, girl. I know. And I... congratulations to you on this dope platform. Like, I really love your podcast. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so, so <laughs> much. I just want to take a moment outside of your bomb bio to edify <laughs> you because we met originally at like a women empowerment event but then mm-hmm. realized that we attend the same church. And yes. then me seeing what you're into in the film industry. And when I first started the journey of converting the book into a film, you know, mm-hmm. when we had our casting, you were so, so bomb at the auditions. Oh, you man. made me cry. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and oh, I was God. like, I want you to play me in the film. <laughs> <laughs> So I just want people to know how much your work means to me, how much it's touched me on a deep level. So I am honored that you are on here today to share your story. Thank you so much. And and I'm honored to have had that whole experience too, for sure. Because, you know, after reading your book, I was like, yeah, I want to do this. (laughs) So it's all good. Thank you. Thank you. So I love to start the show with an icebreaker question because I believe that as women, we have so many different hats and titles that we go by. But mm-hmm. I feel like a title that's not given enough significance is our name because our mm-hmm. names have meaning. So every time mm-hmm. someone says your name, they're declaring that meaning. So yes. I would love to know, Sharona, yeah. do you know what your name means? I do not. Honestly, <laughs> awesome. I, I, I've never like officially looked it up. To be honest, um, so I really don't know. I know what what I consider my name to mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I had googled Sharona, and of course, I'm oh, sure really? like many of our parents, you know, sometimes they change the spelling, but the name meaning is still the same. Yeah. So when I googled Sharona, so it's a Hebrew name meaning a plain or flat area, but in biblical times, mm-hmm. it was a fertile 
coastal plain in Palestine where roses and oak trees grew in abundance. Wow. Wow, that is so cool. I did not <laughs> know that. Thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. So there you go, girl. Okay. <laughs> I just had some 10 right now. Like, <laughs> I'm a ground, ready to go. Ready to- yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I would love to know, what did you want to be when you're a little girl? Oh, man. Honestly, I feel like I came out of the womb singing and dancing. I'm an only child, so entertaining myself came at a very early age. So I knew that I wanted to entertain. At first, I wanted to be a singer, but quickly realized that I couldn't sing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I knew, like, I wanted to entertain. So, you know, I was always that kid auditioning for every little school play and, and that sort of thing. So I can honestly say that that's what I've always wanted to do. Wow. Okay. So what inspired you to become an actress? Oh, man. You know, I think as an actress, as somebody who is telling somebody else's story, at the core of that, I feel like you have to kind of be like an empath in a way, which I am a huge empath in terms of like being able to just truly put myself in somebody else's shoes to understand their story, to understand their vision. Mm-hmm. and. Just the art of storytelling always appealed to me. And I kind of ran away from my true desire to act for many, many years, just out of fear, just out of not really knowing how to start, you know, where to go, who to ask for help, no mentors in that area. But it just kept pulling me back, pulling me back. So I think like at the core of what inspired me was really just me wanting to be a really good storyteller, you know, and use my mind and my body and my words to do that. Wow. Like, I remember when you came into the audition and you did that audition and I cried like (laughs) it was someone's real life story in front of me. Like Mm -hmm. you were able to evoke that emotion out of me. And I too am an empath. So I was like, wow. And you just said that you were self-taught, you, you know, didn't have any mentors. So like, what are some things that you had to do to create space for yourself as an actress? During the time when I was, you know, in college and stuff, because I had started in the entertainment industry doing wardrobe styling and that sort of thing during my college days and after high school and whatnot. But I always knew, again, like the bug was in me as far as being an actress. So I would take classes, you know, and that was kind of the beginning of me sort of trying to navigate and figure out, okay, like, how can I be a part of this space? And um, so I took classes for years and years. I even moved to New York for a few months to go to a school out there, still not having an agent, still not really auditioning. But I felt like, you know, maybe if I just sow this seed of training, it might spark something else. But it wasn't really until the starting of CrossFit House Productions in 2017. So it's been a long time coming Wow, that I really understood what it really meant to create space for myself. As in like, hey, I can not only act in this piece, but I can write this piece. I can produce this piece. I can cast myself as lead because why not? And that in itself took a long time. Like, 
to have the confidence to do that, you know, because I feel like as Canadians, you know, we have this sort of (laughs) polite humility thing that actually Mm -hmm. hinders us sometimes, right? Because if you know your bomb, but you don't want to say your bomb out loud because people might think, you know, all of that, we all go through that. So it wasn't until that safe space was created with CrossFit House Productions that I was really like, yo, I'm going to cast myself in every damn thing because why not? I know that mm. I can do this, you know? Um, but it's been a long time, like a long time coming, I would say, to build that confidence to now be able to do that. I love that. I love that. So what inspires you the most about what you do? For so many years, we as artists, no matter what art you're doing, I feel like we've always had this mentality, I know I have, where you kind of had to get somebody's green light in order for you to go. And now the thing that inspires me is because I've now had the experience of literally taking something from, you know, from the page to the stage or mm. from the page to the the screen and and literally, you know, coming up with a team and putting our money together and having no big endorsements, no big um, sponsorships, none of that. And really just doing the groundwork and then seeing the response from people and not only that, but being able to hire people, you know, hire other black actors, um, put people in position who have been interested in certain roles, whether it be uh, stage directing, sound lighting, you know, and just being able to give other people a chance and, Mm -hmm. and sort of open a door that way. That is truly what inspires me to do what I'm doing. Because I'm that. like, you know, I've watched you for many years and, and other women in in Toronto and stuff. And I hear you guys all the time talk about how important, you know, mentorship is and that sort of thing. And like, I've never really had that in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I've mm-hmm. never really because I've never really been around or in the right environment with people that did the same thing I wanted to do. So now I'm kind of in a position where people are coming to me, you know, asking for help and advice, and I'm able to like, provide that, you know, and that mm-hmm. just blesses me and um, is really what keeps me going. I love that, you know, it, it takes a village, it definitely does take a village. And what you're speaking in terms of like mentorship, it is so important, but it's not frequent, that it's easy mm-hmm. to find a mentor. Right, and right. what I I tell a lot of women is even if you can't find a direct in real life mentor, look at people who are online doing the things that you aspire to do. And don't just look at where they are now, look at where they've come from, look at the path that they had to take to get there. And that's the importance of you guys sharing your stories, because it's not just the highlight reel that we're focusing on, we're focusing on the adversities, you know, your resilience, the, I guess, different paths that you had to take to get to where you are now. And you can look at that person's story or their journey and see, okay, how can you emulate parts of that? Or what parts of their character can you emulate to become the person that you desire to be? Right, exactly. And that, that is what I've found now over the past few years, you know, I'm able to, you know, look at Alina Waithe and Ava DuVernay, uh, you know what I mean? A Tyler Perry, whoever, and just be like, okay, like, yes, there are parts of your journey that I see in mine. And like, what did you do? So Mm -hmm. I do feel like now I do have like my 
my mentors in my head, like, you know, my <laughs> people that I reference for sure, which has been a great, great help for sure. Awesome. You know, what yeah. I would recommend to you or anyone else listening that is having a hard time finding uh, an in real life mentor that's in the position that they want to be in. Mm-hmm. Look at the people online and pick, I call them like your fab five. So mm-hmm. find like five people that are in the industry that you desire to be in doing the things that you want to do and mm-hmm. follow everything that they're doing. Listen to every interview that they've done, yes. read every feature that's been featured on them, read their book, yeah. listen to their podcast. There is so much wisdom that you can learn from those people. Like I have two fat five lists because I've got women and I've got men. So I make okay. sure that yeah, you know that. my perspective is different, but yes. I definitely recommend that if you can't find an yeah. in real life mentor. That's really great. Yeah. And, and I feel like subconsciously I've been doing that but now I'm gonna like make it deliberate you know mm-hmm. to like list and and do more research on their journeys for sure I've been taking like some master classes with like mm-hmm. Spike Lee and Samuel awesome. Jackson guys and I'm just like wow like oh so like you were behind the camera and jumped in front to play a character too like oh you had no money yeah. and had to you know feed your cash really well because you couldn't pay them too like oh wow okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like, it really does like bless me to know that like I'm not so far off you know mm-hmm. like this really is the journey like when you're starting you know <laughs> I think that's a true importance in hearing people's stories because you may look at their success and assume that you can't attain that or you're so far behind mm-hmm. that but then when you hear that they too struggled you know they too came from you know, a place that wasn't the greatest or the things that they I guess where they started or what they had to go through that you can resonate with. You're like, Oh wait, okay. So if they can do it, so can I, right? Totally. Totally. So what advice would you give to a woman that doesn't feel good enough to pursue her passion right now? What advice would you give to that woman? I would say don't wait on perfection Mm. and take baby steps because baby steps are still steps and that's okay. I think for myself, what held me back for many, many years was that I was chasing this idea of perfection. Like I needed the the perfect headshots. I needed the perfect agent. I needed to have my body look a certain way, you know, and um, years and years and years and years and years passed me. And I was just in this get ready state that just couldn't end. And so again, you know, I credit CrossFit House Productions for kind of just being thrusted into position, so to speak, um, and just doing it. And then I, and I realized that like, the blessing was in learning as I go, you know, so to any woman who's just kind of in that neutral position, just not really pressing the pedal, I would say just, just go, just start, just if it's, reading a script, if it's writing a monologue, any sort of thing like that, if it's getting your friend to take a few headshots of you, you know, that sort of thing. If it's doing a cold read with friends, going on an open audition, even taking an improv class or something just to get activated. Mm -hmm. I would say step out of that fear because it's very paralyzing. And I know because I've experienced it firsthand and um and just start just do one little thing towards your dream what i'm hearing there the theme that i'm hearing there is just to take action 
And yeah. I mean, yeah. in terms of coaching, that is what I tell people, like your action, that's where your results will come from. You can, you can read yeah. all you want to read. You can listen all you want to listen to audiobooks and podcasts, but if you are not taking action, you're not going to get yeah. the results. And you spoke to not waiting on perfection. Like that's another yeah. thing I, I I'll always talk about it's content over perfection. Just put something out. Just put something out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. Nobody starts out perfect. Nobody. Like Mm -hmm. babies don't come out the womb walking. Like you have to learn. You learn as you go, right? Yeah. So you got to start where you are with what you have. Yeah, totally. That was a huge lesson for me. And now it's like, I take pride almost not knowing everything, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm always looking for the opportunity or, or wanting to be amongst people who know way more than I do, you mm-hmm. know, and have done more than I d- did. And I can just learn and just soak it up and figure it out. Yep. I agree mm-hmm. with you. I'm the same. I love to be in spaces with people who are way smarter than I am because I am, mm-hmm. I'm just there to quietly listen and learn. Yeah. <laughs> right. <Totally>. Yeah. <laughs> out. Let me tell you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I want you to finish this sentence. Resilience is? Resilience is patience. Mm. I think they will need to go hand in hand. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that for multiple reasons. But the first thing that comes to mind is I'm known for my resilience, my ability to to get back up and keep going. Um, yes, yes. One of my <laughs> one of my dear friends that passed away, she labeled me the bounce back queen. But mm. then I will, in my head, the negative self talk will constantly say, "I don't have patience." But realizing mm. what you just said, you just opened up something for me when you said resilience is patience, and that they go hand in hand because I realized they do. So I need to stop telling myself that I don't have patience. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) No, honestly, I feel you because I was the same way. I'm like, yo, I don't have time for this. Everything. Like, I just be like, oh, I'm over this. I don't have time. I don't have patience Mm -hmm. for this. But the fact that I'm so headstrong about really chasing my passion and my purpose, that in itself takes patience, you know? Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. tell us, what is one thing that you wish people really knew about Sharona? I wish, (laughs) I wish people knew that I was, that I'm a big kid at heart. Mm. Like, you know, I like to joke around and, and I say that because I have been told many times and being from Scarborough doesn't help. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) (laughs) my face is just set away sometimes. And I'm just like, man, like I'm not mean or unapproachable. And, you know, I've heard these things about myself and it bothers me, but it's like, I'm also not like up in everybody's face either. Mm -hmm. Just on my personality but it's like when I'm around you know my people and it's just it's it's laughter all day yeah you know every time I'm around like my close people it's fun and it's laughter all day long but I think like from the outside looking in people might think of me as being more serious or more reserved but that's like totally not true (laughs) Mm. 
I think it's an important that, you know, we set the narrative for who we are because people, I mean, how do we say this? A person's perception of you based on what mm-hmm. they see, whether it be online or wherever, they create their own story around that, right? So it, it right. most of the time is never true. It's just the story that they've created about you based on something that they've seen or heard or what have you. I find, especially nowadays with social media, people will look at a few photos and yes. have a perception of who you are. And they build yeah. this narrative and story in their head that, like I said, most times is not true. So it's good that you want people to know that you are a fun, easygoing person yeah. at heart and a big kid. Like, I think yeah. that if people stopped judging based off of a one-second interaction or a quick right. photo, they would get to know and have such deeper connections with amazing people. Yeah, I totally agree. And because I have been on that side of of that type of judgment and you know everyone does it whether subconsciously or, or not you know even myself too I'm sure but it's like I now consciously like try not to do that with anyone you know mm-hmm. what I mean? it's just kind of like I don't know you until I know you period right. you right. know just because I know and just like over the years like you don't think about it so much but it's like eventually it kind of you know, makes you feel away sometimes. You know, when did I just become like the mean girl? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. where did that even come from? But, be- mm-hmm. you know, and I think also, too, when you kind of hold yourself to a certain standard or, you know, you're just not like all flighty all about the place, like for lack of better terms, <laughs> like, the alternative to that is stush or whatever it is, right. you know? Right. Um, but it, it, it has nothing to do with that half the time, but, you know. I feel often, if especially if you're introverted, people exactly. will misconstrue and their their narrative of you becomes very different. And I mean, because yeah. I'm introverted and a lot of people are like, no, you're not. You know, you're all over social media and da, da, da. I'm like, yeah. no, actually, I'm severely introverted. Sometimes <laughs> if you meet me in person, I may come across as awkward because I'm just like, uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so my energy, you can read that. But if you're not like an empath, you know, your intuition isn't strengthened. You're like, yeah, she's stuck up. You know, people will create this narrative that's not true. Exactly. So, yeah, that that's my thing. So for the record, you know, just talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Sharona does not bite. She is nice and friendly. (laughs) So how do you find work-life harmony in all the things that you're doing? Oh, geez. Well, to be honest, that is like, my current quest it's so crazy you know god has a sense of humor of um course. you know here i was busting through 2020 and i was like i'm gonna make a conscious effort to you know put myself out there or just kind of be open to receive i'll say that not so much mm-hmm. open, but open to receive in terms of dating life type of vibe right mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Like, I've been single for years now, probably since like 2016, I want to say. Okay. And I took some time purposely to just kind of focus on me just because of the type of person that I had been in relationships was very like, just by default, 
maybe it's the empath thing. Maybe it's the, I don't know, cheerleader thing or whatever, but I always want to see people win. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'll always put others before myself. And because I'm an only child, I've always been self-motivated and I know that I can get myself together and do my thing. But like when I was in relationships, they'd be good relationships, nothing crazy. But if like my partner wanted to do something, whether it be like start a business, go back to school, whatever the case may be, it's like I felt like my life became all about that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there had been many, many years that I just didn't focus on myself to the level and the degree that I need to in order to get to where I'm trying to get to. For that reason, since 2016, you know, I really just been on this me, myself and I vibe, you know what I mean? Like not Mm -hmm. dating, not really talking to anyone on that type of level and just really being able to like focus on what Sharona wants and what is best for Sharona, you know, selfishly and unapologetically 2020 hit. And I'm just like, all right, you know, I feel like I'm in a good groove. I feel like I got my mind where it needs to be. I feel like I can now bring somebody in, you know, <laughs> and make it be a for real thing. Cause I'm grown. I'm not like 19 anymore, you know? <laughs> and then here we are with quarantine and I can't even do it. I go anywhere. So when you ask me about work-life balance, harmony, I mean, oh, I don't know yet because I haven't <laughs> really do it, you know, but you know, the one year I'm like, yo, this is me this year. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's like, um, not really, not yet. You know, you know, it's, Uh, it's interesting because I've spoken to a lot of women who are like, okay, so now that we're in a pandemic and I have opened up myself to receive love, like you can't touch people. We're in physical distancing. How does this work? But I feel like, this pandemic has forced a lot of people, not just in business, but also in relationships to be innovative and creative at how they make things work. And I have seen things online and I have heard of some scenarios that have been so creative and beautiful Mm -hmm. and romantic and how people are meeting through quarantine. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's been the online live DJ parties where people are meeting in the chats (laughs) Wow. Um, I, I have seen <laughs> pictures online of people who are in the early stages of dating and because there's no physical touching, they will mm-hmm. go out and they will go on a physical distancing date and, you know, they've gone to a park and they sit like far enough apart, their legs stretched out straight, you know, one person's on one side. So it's like the bottom of their shoes is the only thing that's like touching, but they're oh far gosh. enough apart and they have a picnic in the middle. I have seen people meet from across windows in buildings. Um, (laughs) I've heard of like physical distancing dates where like you do exercises together. You have like virtual stuff or in person walking like a meter apart. There's, there's so many creative ways. So I have hope for you, girl. I have hope. Yes, I'm a a lover of love. Me and your prayers. (laughs) (laughs) And And that's the thing too, right? Like I'm a lover of love too. I'm really at that place, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, where I feel like, okay, I can invite this into myself. And truthfully, I haven't, like I talk about this on my podcast all the time too, that like, you know, my co-star is 
avid, you know, online, pro online dating, all that kind of stuff. She's had great experiences, bad experiences, whatever. I have never had that experience. Like I've never done the online thing, never set up a, you know, a a page or whatever the case, like never. And so I'm just Mm -hmm. like, am I being like, forced into that now like nothing against it but I've just never done it you know but then I think to myself I'm like well I don't even know where I would be meeting people these days because I feel like all I do (laughs) is work or do things for work like Mm -hmm. before I used to be pro like yeah, you know, I want a dude who understands me because we're from the same city and, you know, cultural background and blah, blah, blah. But now that is like out the window. I'm just like, mm, <laughs> I'm open <laughs> to other <laughs> You see, I feel like we ask God for things and sometimes right? we are so specific that we block out uh, certain blessings that could be coming our way. So I've, I've had long distance relationships in the past that were absolutely amazing. That's like I'm pro long distance relationships. Um, but I mean, we can't travel right now. So <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But you know what I do? I do uh, like that whole like the dating thing that, you know, social distance style dating is pretty cool. And like also, I think for people in relationships in general, it's a great time to just get to know each other on a deeper level because you have so much more time to just talk and you can't always just carry around because you know sometimes you know obviously if you're with somebody who you're attracted to it's less talking when you're around each other a lot of the times you know Mm -hmm. so now it's like you're kind of forced to be like oh oh so your favorite color is green like oh okay like you know and (laughs) i'm here for all of that (laughs) (laughs) awesome awesome so what does your self-care routine look like Girl, let me tell you, my self-care is one thing that is thriving because all I have is time. So (laughs) (laughs) for me, I I mean, I've always been that person, again, just a homebody. So for me, there's different levels, of course, you know, just in how I self-care. Definitely prayer and meditation is a huge part of my life, of course. It keeps my faith up and my anxiety down. So that's like number one. And I love to like try different natural um, hair regimens and, you know, facial masks and that sort of thing. And, you know, I give myself little at home manicure, pedicures. Like I make sure that myself is well taken care of. And, you know, feeding myself well. I love to cook. It's one of my favorite pastimes. So that to me is self-care too, you know, because it is. otherwise, you know, sometimes when you're at work, like me working for IATSE, which is the film union, we would do 12-hour days. I, I'm shopping. So oftentimes I'm like eating in the car or grabbing something like a burger or something. So it's been really nice to just cook and have really good meals and stuff. That's huge self-care for me. And um, it's crazy because again, January, got myself a little personal trainer. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring these abs out this summer. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and now I can't even go to my gym. So self-care also includes my little at-home workouts for sure, because I'm just like, you know, if the world turns back on tomorrow, Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to be upset at myself that I wasted all this time. The combination of all those things, I think for me, like it's just having like a good 
routine with this sort of ongoing self-care. Yeah. I love that. And when you first started uh, talking about your self-care routine and you said definitely prayer and meditation helps keep your anxiety down. So the reason mm-hmm. I want to touch on that is because people are usually shocked and I talk about it more openly now, but people are usually mm-hmm. shocked when I say that I was diagnosed with anxiety. Like I have anxiety disorder that I just, I try not to claim, but I was mm-hmm. diagnosed back in 2006 and people are like, Oh my mm-hmm. God, you know, you're so positive and you do public speaking and you do all these things. And I'm like, personal development and prayer and my faith help mm-hmm. me to cope with the anxiety. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. Um, so I guess I wanted to touch on that for you on how the prayer and meditation help keep your anxiety yeah. down. Yeah, no, totally. And you know, it's very interesting because this might sound weird, but I only truly learned what anxiety really was or learn that I experienced it only a few years ago. So me maybe having nervous energy here and there was kind of like, okay, maybe this is normal. But then it started to feel a little abnormal. And I was like, what is this, you know? But definitely praying for me and just, I I also listen to a lot of like sermons and stuff. Like I could be like cleaning my room, Mm -hmm. doing the laundry, cooking, and I'll just have like, you know, a Sarah Jakes playing in the background or whatever the case may be. And that for me, I think for me at the core, like I'm all about atmosphere and on a spiritual level and on a actual physical level, you know? So what helps me is creating the right atmosphere around me. So I'm extra cautious of what I listen to, who I speak to, what I talk about, those types of things. And that a combination of that helps me to not be anxious. Cause you're right. You made a great point. It doesn't really go away. You just cope. Like you just know how to deal Mm -hmm. with it, you know? And I feel Mm -hmm. like just, you know, my faith and stuff, it's like faith or fear. You know what I mean? Like which one is it going to be? It's worry or worship. Which one is it going to be? That's right. That's Um, right. So I really like take that seriously, you know, and I just, I really have to just say to myself, like, you know, at the end of the day, like God is in control of every single thing, Mm -hmm. every single thing. And even as far as like my career or my love life or any kind of thing like that, I'm just like, yo, God, like have your way. Cause I don't want to feel like I'm going to just be the person who takes it upon me. And then I just do a bunch of craziness, you know, out of anxiety. But it's like, just honestly, like, prayer and creating the right atmosphere around me it has really been the key things that help me anytime I love I how you broke that down because you know when even when you spoke to like the anxious energy and stuff like that so when it comes to the body your brain is processing excitement and anxiety is the exact same feeling in the body mm-hmm. so it's all about perception yeah. right so if yeah. you feel anxious just the perception, if you tell yourself, I'm just excited. If you're anxious mm-hmm. to go act on a stage or you're anxious to go speak on a stage to say, I'm excited to speak because it's right. what you're telling yourself, right? Your body is reacting to it the exact same way. And when you said faith over fear, like faith and fear are both beliefs in the unknown. You choose yes. which one you yes. want to believe in. 
Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So thank I love you for, that. for your breakdown. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for the whole, you know, excitement over anxiety, like just switching it that way. And because it, it, it really is all in the mind too, eh? Like yep, even when I, I think about even things that, I, you know, I play these kind of games with myself all the time in a sense where if there's something that I'm about to do that I don't want to do, I don't like to do, but I know that I have to, like, let's say, push-ups for example <laughs> i will literally tell myself oh my god i love these push-ups i'm so excited to do these right now yep, like positive I will self-talk out here out loud yep. and it's yep. just yeah like you know or this hurts right now but it's gonna hurt less tomorrow like you know and i've really found power in that for sure there is so much power in the stories we tell ourselves in our head right yeah. so most of us, we have this negative self-talk constantly happening in our head. You know, we're not good mm-hmm. enough or we can't do this or, or whatever. But you telling yourself, I can do this or oh, it's going to be better tomorrow. Your subconscious mind, your, your feeling mind doesn't know yeah. the difference between what's real and what's not. It's whatever you feed it. So if you tell mm-hmm. your mind that this is great over and over again, it will actually start to believe it. So keep it up, girl. You're doing the right thing. Okay. I'm glad to know that. (laughs) Yes. So there's this total random question that I like to ask every guest that comes on the show because I came across this article that says that what your favorite type of shoe says about your personality. And so Mm -hmm. far it's been on point. So let's try and keep it that way. Sharona. What is your favorite type of shoe? Is it like a high heel boot? Is it a running shoe? Is it a clog, a flat, a flip-flop, a stiletto, a sneaker, work boot? Like, I don't know. What's your favorite type of shoe? Oh, man. I'm such a, like, different flavor of the week type girl. But if I had to pick one, I love a good stacked heel. So not, like, spiked, but, like, a thicker heel. A heel. I guess if you need to classify it, it would be. Okay. For this purpose, let's say stiletto then. Okay. Yeah. Let's say stiletto. Yeah. I love a good stiletto. Um, I love like an open toe vibe, but I'm also like a sneaker girl too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see. What does it say? Let's see. Women in flashy stilettos work hard and have excellent taste. Um, women who wear flashy stilettos like Jimmy Choo's and Christian Louboutins or other heels inspired by their aesthetic may seem materialistic, but these women are actually incredibly hardworking. They have major drive, determination, and standout work ethic. This is someone who says yes before she says no. She's very willing and very open to possibilities. She also really loves and values beauty. So she surrounds herself with beauty, whether it be in things, people, or how she lives. It does not have to be expensive. It just has to be pleasing to the eye. You go in and say, oh, wow, like what a lovely room or this is so inviting. She has a knack for being able to create an aesthetically pleasing space. Does that sound like you? Girl, that is me. <laughs> that is me. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That was so me. You're welcome. So before we go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell people where they could stay connected with you online. Yeah, well, you know, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Your Sharona. So on all platforms, Your Sharona. My pod page is Behind the Stage, T H A 
podcast on Instagram as well. And um, for my movie and theater stuff, crossfieldhouseproductions.com. Awesome. Awesome. And I will definitely have the link to your socials in the detail section so they can click and connect with you directly. Yeah, totally. For the final segment of the show, I call it a walk in her wisdom. And I just ask a couple of reflection questions and you say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. Soar by T.D. Jakes. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? You know, it's funny. I actually drive along the gardener and I pick billboards and I say, I'm going to be on that one one day. So I'm going to say... I would pick one in Toronto to start with. It would be a picture of me and it would say up next. Okay. What (laughs) new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? The belief of of myself, like believing in myself Mm. um, and truly being unapologetic about my gifts and my light. Because as I said before, that has been a journey, but I would definitely say within the past five years, that has been my ongoing theme and quest. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. What have you become better at saying no to in the past five years? And that could be distractions, invitations, family. Yeah. Yo, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) hard for me. Um. I'm better at saying no to things that just don't serve my purpose, mm-hmm. period. It doesn't make me feel good or it doesn't help me grow or in any kind of way. It's like, nah, I'm cool. You know, I, I definitely went through that FOMO stage, you know, the fear of missing out. I think being an only child, you know, you want to be the first person to like be invited everywhere. And and then I started to realize, mm, I actually don't want to go there. I actually mm-hmm. don't want to be those people and no shade to anyone, but I had to really sit with myself for a while. And that took some time, but finally I can say I'm at that place where I'm okay with saying no to the things that don't make me feel great. Or I feel like I'm not going to get anything from that environment. Good, good. See, I flipped that FOMO to Jomo because it's a joy of missing out. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's the introvert in me. (laughs) (laughs) What's a part of your journey that people don't see? People don't see the rides in my car that are just conversations between me and God. Mm. That is constant. That's every day. And that is truly the thing. It's like, that's where I get my first counsel from, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've never been the person to, and maybe again, it's the only child thing. I don't know. I'm just super, I've just always been like an independent thinker and that sort of thing. I was never the girl to get in a fight with my boyfriend and call my homegirls, mm-hmm. you know, or scandalize him with my family like I've never been that person like I'm always pretty private and part of that is because I've always known that before I seek anybody else's counsel I want to hear what God has to say to me about a situation first so usually for me I'm 
constant that's the part that people don't see you know and again i can put this back to like my work environment being in the film business it's it's high intensity high strung a lot of anxiety a lot of time is money pressure 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 and when i come into work you know whether i'm shopping on a show on set people are always like wow you're so calm you're so laid back and to some people it might feel or seem like oh she doesn't care about being here, but it's truly that I already have a a level of peace in me that you're not going to interfere with Mm, because I've already already, like seeked my counsel. I've already had conversations. I've gone into jobs where literally I like pray in my car before I walk into the, you Mm -hmm. know, and I say, just go set the atmosphere because I know it's a lot of tension in there. Mm -hmm. And I won't be affected by that, you know? So people don't see that part. The part that that's truly what allows me to move with my level of calm and my level of peace. Because you know who and whose you are. Yeah, period. Love it, love it. Okay, last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? I wish women would put themselves first more. Not in a selfish way or whatever kind of way but just because I think just genetically historically you know women have always put everyone first the family the kids the husband whatever it is right and there's nothing wrong with that but I have just seen so many women in my life in my family myself included at times where it's like you forget yourself you forget Mm -hmm. your own identity and you start to play catch up with yourself later on in life you know Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's something like you know seek all the things be a great mom great wife do all those wonderful things but also like don't feel bad for taking you time right I love that thank you thank you so much Sharona for taking the time to join us and share your story with us I feel so blessed and I appreciate you Thank you. I appreciate you too. And to all of you faith walkers out there until next time, subscribe on all platforms and rate the show and leave us a review on Apple podcast. Join the community of faith walkers and sign up for our weekly newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com. And be sure to grab one of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you can think of one person that would receive value from today's show, please share it with them. And don't forget to screenshot this week's episode and tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith and you can tag Sharona at Your Sharona and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. Yay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>